It's this time we're practicing, Brother Richard. Hey, Amen. Thank you, sir. Well, it's a blessing to be here this morning. Have your Bibles be turning over to the book of Galatians, chapter 6. We'll be reading a couple of verses there in just a moment. Uh, I would like to say that uh, I think the devil took a good pot shot at us as far as our singing is concerned this morning. Brother Ray's not here, and usually Brother Van takes his place, and he's not here, and Brother Coleman's got a bad foot, and Brother Bud had a bad back, but he persisted and went on through anyway, and we was going to have Brother Coleman, uh, Brother uh, Tom Brock, and, and uh, he's sick, so uh, the devil really tried to, to put a damper on our song service, but uh, I'm glad God's stronger than the devil, amen. And uh, I felt a real movement of his spirit in the song service and appreciate Brother Bud getting up and, and uh, even though he was in pain and doing what the Lord would have him to do. And uh, uh, we just appreciate God always being present and giving the victory. And uh, then I would like to say, too, that if you notice uh, the uh, parking lot's all blacktopped. And we still got a few little problems we're going to have to correct, but uh, the guy that uh, did the job said, express his appreciation for the opportunity of doing it. And uh, then he also said he'd never run into any land like this. He said he'd run into hard ground and cut it down, and he'd run into soft ground and covered it up with gravel and packed it, and, and everything's all right. But he said this ground over here, you can put gravel in it and pack it down, and you drive your truck over it, and you can see it go down, and you drive your truck off, and you see it come back up. He said it's just like uh, working on a sponge. But uh, he, he said he was committed to making it, the parking lot right, and uh, he uh, appreciates uh, the opportunity to uh, work on it. And uh, Hubbard Clyde's over here every day. I couldn't take that heat all day long, but he'd beat them over here and stay to the left. So we appreciate somebody being here to watch over them and uh, keep them headed in the right direction. And I believe God blesses all of that that we do for him. You found your place in the book of Galatians, chapter 6. You'll stand. We're going to start reading with verse 7 and read down through verse 9. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Father, we thank you again this morning, Lord, for the opportunity of coming here. Father, we believe that you have a plan for every individual or every day. God, you have a reason for us gathering in this place as we are today. And Lord, I pray that the blessed Holy Spirit will work out your purpose in our lives and in our hearts. Father, especially I pray for that one that be here without the knowledge of the assurance of their salvation, that today would be the time they could find that peace in their heart. God, would you guide us, give us strength, give us the ability to think, and Lord, the boldness to speak. What you've given unto us, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. I want to speak this morning on the subject of sin. I can almost hear somebody in the audience saying, maybe more than one, Preacher, you've finally found a subject, subject 
that I know a lot about. And most of us do. But you know, we know about the enticement allurements that the devil uses to cause us to sin. They're all about us. Many of us have fallen into some of them. We know the pleasure that sin offers for a little while. I believe the Bible says for a season. But what about the results? What about the consequences of sin? Do we know very much about those? Do we consider them very much? It seems to me that sin has gotten to be such a common uh, thing to us and such in a common place that we never realize that what we sow we're going to have to reap. And that's true for every individual saved or lost. And especially for the child of God that knows to do good and refuses to do what God would have us to do. I didn't really think much on this when we were preparing the message, but if we know what to do and refuse to do it, that's not just disobedience, that's rebellion. And God says rebellion is like witchcraft. In other words, he puts them in the same category. He judges rebellion just like it was witchcraft. And so we need to be careful, especially as children of God, to understand that he will chasten us for sin. I can hardly think about this subject without thinking about the old patriarch David, that great man of God. The Bible says at one time he was a man after God's own heart. But he got lazy and he walked away from God and Satan deceived him into falling into sin. And Nathan came to him and said, David, because of what you've done, the sword will never leave your house. David no doubt came before God and pleaded for forgiveness and upon the authority of God's word, God forgave him. But he never quit bearing the fruit of the sin. No doubt I could survey the audience this morning and there are many here that maybe did some things as a young individual that they're still bearing the fruits of. God forgiveness of it. God put it in the sea of forgetfulness. But the sin is still bearing fruit in their lives. Be not deceived. God is not, not mocked. And I'm convinced we're not as familiar with the way that Satan presents sin to us as we ought to be. And I think that's one of the downfalls and that's one of the dangers of the child of God. Do we understand who Satan is? Satan is a strong individual. I don't care who you are this morning. If you try to stand against Satan by yourself, you're going to lose. I can guarantee you that. You're going to lose. He's stronger than you are. He's stronger than Bobby David. Bobby David's a pretty strong man. I saw him reach down and get a, into a 
motor one day and walk around with it. But Satan's stronger than he is. He's smarter than you are. There's no way that we're going to be able to stand against Satan by ourselves. We need to understand who he is. Did you know that Satan is the very best of God's creation? You say, whoa, wait a minute. Evil as he is, he's the best of God's creation? Absolutely. Because God didn't create him evil. God created him as the one that had the authority of the things around his very throne. And he was the smartest and the most beautiful and the strongest. He was right up next to God himself. And that's what got him into trouble. He began to look at himself and say, look what I am. Look what I possess. Look how I look. You know, I believe I could run things better than God could run them. And to be honest with you, sometimes he slips that thought into our minds. Things start happening in our lives. And uh, we know what God says. But Satan says, you've got a little bit better idea. You know how to handle things a little bit better than how God's handling Old Abraham, that man that was called a friend of God, he'd done the same thing. God, God had promised him a son, and time kept passing, and time kept passing, and the son didn't come. And, and Abraham began to think, man, I better try to help God out a little bit. I better figure out some way to make sure God doesn't come up as a liar. And I'm telling you right now, you don't have to worry about God coming up as a liar. Brother Bobby had a little trouble over a word this morning, omnipotent in the, in the Sunday school lesson. But it just means simply that he's all-powerful. Brother, there's nobody can touch God. I'm glad he's all-powerful and all-knowledgeable and all, all, always in control. But Satan's right under him in power. And we need to understand how strong he is and how deceptive he is. We also need to understand what a great enemy he is of God and what a great enemy he is of the child of God. And so what about the results? What about the consequences of sin? You know, Satan always comes in disguise. He never comes to you in, in that, with that red suit on and that pitchfork in his hand and those horns on his head. Man, everybody would run for him if he'd come that way, wouldn't he? But just think about how, how did he appear to Eve? He incarnated himself into the body of a serpent. You would say, man, I'm afraid of snakes. You wouldn't have been in those days. Because we're told in those days that that serpent walked upright and he had the beautiful colors and he was one of the most beautiful of God's creation. And Satan chose him, and uh, he came up to Eve. And God had said in the second chapter of Genesis, he told man, he said, you can eat of every tree of the garden except one. Don't you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you do, that day you're going to die. And Eve began to tell the serpent what God had said. And the serpent said, you shall not surely. Surely you don't believe that. Surely that's not what God meant. 
And it worked so well, Satan's still using that today. I know God said I ought not to do this, but surely he didn't mean I ought not do it. God expects me to do something over here, but surely he didn't mean that for me. I guess God didn't know my circumstances. I just can't do that. But remember that God knows everything about you. And Satan is a liar. The Bible says he's the father of lies. And he'll deceive you and he'll lie to you in the moment. And he's so deceptive that he can even get the child of God in many cases to accept sin as being okay. I think one of the favorite sayings that the devil gives to especially the children of God, everybody's doing it. Young people especially use that a lot. Everybody's doing it. But you know it's possible to stand when nobody else stands. Noah is a good example. The Bible says God came down and he was going to destroy his creation because the evil... Uh, the imagination of their minds was evil continuously. But then he said, Noah found grace. Out of the whole wicked generation on the earth, one man found grace in the eyes of God. One man had determined to stand for God. And I tell you, one man or one woman can stand for God today if you'll simply determine to do so. And so, others let their spirit grow apathetic, grow unconcerned. I've tried, and I've tried, and it seems like every time I try, something else happens. I believe I'll just quit. If you remember the last verse that we read in our scripture today, it said, don't faint in well-doing. Now, he said that because it's possible individuals can. And we see it happening on a daily basis. And so help us not to grow faint and not to grow dissatisfied. Whatever the situation that we find ourselves in, let us continue to follow the Lord. Are you willing to follow God instead of Satan? Or have you decided I believe it's a whole lot easier if I just go along and follow what Satan wants me to do. I'm afraid many have. And I want you to know this morning, I will admit very freely and very quickly that you'll get along better in this world if you don't follow God closely. You'll say, preacher, that don't sound like what you ought to be saying from a pulpit. That's honest. Because if you're not doing anything to help God, Satan's not going to war against you too hard because you're not worth anything anyway. And if you're going to stand for God, Satan's going to put some pressure on you to try to hinder you and stop you from advancing the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ is what God's left us here to do. We're talking about sin in our lives. So many times, I'm afraid we think, man, if I can just hide my sin, everything will be all right. 
If I can just keep the preacher from finding out. If I can just keep mama and daddy from finding out. If I can just keep my spouse from finding out. And on and on we could name people we try to hide our sin from. But you know what God said? God said you can be sure of this thing. Your sin's going to find you out. You know, I could say, I'm, I, I could say to somebody, be sure of this. I could say to Brother Rodney over here, Brother Rodney, I'll meet you down at a certain restaurant in Woodbury Monday morning for a cup of coffee. You can be sure I'll be there. But there's a possibility I might not get there. I could have a wreck or get sick or something or another. I, I can't tell you something for sure. But if God says you can be sure, there's no opposing force that can hinder him. And he said, be sure of this. Sin will find you out. In other words, it's going to come out. Where does this sin start? You know, James 1.14 says, Lust, when it is conceived, bringeth forth sin. Of course, it goes on to say, Sin, when it is finished, brings death. But lust, when it is conceived, produces sin. Now, where is lust conceived? Right here between your temples, in your brain. You start thinking about sin first. There's very few times somebody will just run out there and jump into sin without thinking about it. You develop it in your mind. Lust, when it's conceived, brings forth sin. What are you lusting after? Are you lusting after wealth? Lusting after fame? Uh, what are you lusting after? Whatever it is, Satan will use that to produce sin in your life if you're not careful. That's the reason God tells us whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are holy, whatsoever things are just, think on these things. Don't sit around and think on things that are contrary to the will of God, for they'll produce sin in your life. And that sin will find us out. So are we going to go down the trail that Satan leads us, or are we willing to follow the path of righteousness in which God would lead us? We talked a little bit a few moments ago about the doubt that Satan placed in Eve's mind. The doubt that he tries to place in the minds of God's children today. And I'm here to tell you that doubt will open the door to all types of evil. The fact that sin awaits us at every corner ought to frighten us to death. I thought about this as I was getting the message together. What if you was out in the woods by yourself? Maybe you, you might not even be by yourself. Let's just say out in the woods. And you knew in those woods was a lion that was angry and had killed folks before. And you had to walk through those woods. How would you feel? 
Bad every time a wind, the wind blew and a leaf moved, I'd jump. Wouldn't you? Now, some of you sitting back there like you're big and brave wouldn't bother me. I'd like to try it and just see. You're just like me. You'd be scared to death if you was out there with a, with a hungry lion. And yet God says Satan is the same way. Except the hungry lion can only destroy you physically, but Satan can destroy you spiritually. This whole physical body is not going to last long anyway. The psalmist said, what is your life? It's but a vapor. It appears for a little while. Then it's gone. So if the old lion takes the physical body, he hasn't done a great thing. It's going to pass away before long anyway. But if Satan can take the soul, that's eternal. And I know I'm saved and he's not going to be able to get my soul, but he can get my testimony. And he can cause a lot of other souls to go to hell because he got my testimony. And that's his second job. If he can't keep you lost, his second job is to ruin your testimony. I found over in the Psalms of Solomon a little verse, chapter 2 and verse 15. It said, the little foxes spoil the vines. Now you have meditated on that for a while. Here's a man with a vineyard. He's got a fence around it, and he walks around that fence, and here's a great large hole where foxes have gotten in, and he repairs that hole. And he's walking around there, and the sun's hot. And uh, if you've been out this last week, you know what I'm talking about. Sun's hot, and you get tired, and there's a little old bitty hole right there. And you'll say, well, a fox couldn't get in that hole anyway. I'm just going to leave it alone. And time goes by, and the night comes, and a little fox crawls into that hole. And a little fox can't reach up and eat the limbs, so it digs down and eats the roots and spoils the vines. Now, why would God use an illustration like that? He's saying it's the little sins you better be careful of. Brother Roger, could I talk to you in the notion of going out tonight and getting drunk? Couldn't talk to you in the notion doing that. But you see, there are probably little sins Satan could slip in. And I'm just picking on Brother Roger because he doesn't beat on me when I do. Little sins slip into our lives, and, and when those little sins get in there and we get used to them, they grow. And when they grow, we get used to them, and they grow some more. And eventually, it'll be just like a cancer. It'll eat away at the very nucleus of our life. What we tolerate, even in our lives today, we will embrace tomorrow. So we must constantly be on guard. We must constantly watch what we think. The Bible says over in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, 
as a man really sincerely thinks upon something. That's what he is. That's what he becomes. So we need to be very careful about what we think on, what we dwell on day by day, and make sure that our thinking produces things of God and not things of the world and things of Satan. I certainly wouldn't want anybody to stand and give the, their testimony of this, but I ask this question. When you're alone, there's nobody around, and you get lost in your own thinking, what do you think about? Do you think about the things of God? Or do you think about, man, I know how to party. I know how to get all the gusto there is. I know how to enjoy the pleasure of sin. And all of those things are possible. But all those things have a price tag on them. And the price tag's always a way too high. I use this probably too often, but it's such a good description. Someone wrote sin will take you farther than you ever intended to go. He'll take you deeper away from God than you ever intended to walk. And it'll keep you longer than you intended to stay. A lot of people said, I'm just going to try this. I'm going to experiment. And the first thing you know, they're bound. And then the last part of that says, it'll cost you more than you intended to pay. That's a true statement. So what about the subject of sin? I think of all those things that the devil has to offer. You say, what do you really want? Well, I'd like to be rich. You know what that's really an indication of, if I say that? An indi indication of greed. God said, if I've got food and raiment, I ought to be content. Sin is a sadly deceptive, alluring work of Satan that will you will appear to you and use you not only at your weakest point, but in your weakest time. I told you, Satan's smart in the ways of man. He understands the human nature. The only escape is to run to the Lord for extra power and extra strength. And I'll tell you, if we'll do that, he'll always give it. It's always available to that individual who asks with a sincere heart. Ask you to stand with us, if you would, please. Song later and pianist come. Brother 
Mac, if you'll come to the center, Brother Bobby on my right. I'll ask Brother uh, Chris if he'd go over on my left, please. He feels like it this morning. The altars are always open if you'd like to come and meet God there and share your burdens with Him. These men are up here to help you if you need spiritual counseling. And we just want you to do whatever God leads you to do this morning. We wouldn't try to encourage you to do something that God has.